1: To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Revival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy, and this is the podcast where apparently I make awkward introductions before having <laughs> guests who share a wealth of information with us, so We are so excited to have not only one of our Therapy Reimagined 2020 speakers, but also coming back for Therapy Reimagined 2021. Dr. Joy Cox is joining us, talking about all sorts of very cool things, some body positivity stuff. We even just immediately before we hit the record button said, we already have an episode on some of the basics of body positivity stuff. If You want to go and get a primer on that. Go back and listen to our episode with Laura Westmoreland. It's a phenomenal episode that's building blocks sort of thing. We said, Dr. Joy Cox, have lots of freedom to just see wherever this goes. And here we are. So thank you so much for joining
2: us. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm happy to be here. Um, Ready to get all this wind out, I suppose.
0: (laughs) And No pressure, right? No pressure. Yeah. So, the first question that we ask everyone is Who are you and what are you putting out into the world?
2: Yeah, so I guess, you know, and that's a very loaded question. Um, Two questions, I think, you know, who am I? I'm a human being, I'm a woman, you know, I'm an educator, I'm a researcher, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, I'm a friend. I'm in some ways probably a disruptor, I'm an encourager. I'm a healer. I'm all of those things. What am I putting out into the world? I hope I'm putting out good things. (laughs) Ideally, I think that's the goal, right? To, To put out positivity, to put out strength, to undergird people who don't have voices for themselves, to uplift people who have been downtrodden. I imagine in some ways I'm probably putting hell out in the world for people who are used to the status quo of living and, and, and believe in restricting access and, and happiness and the quality of life for other people. Yeah. And I, and you know, and it's really interesting because I think the thing that I haven't said yet that may have been like on the first one on the list would probably be joy, right? Like that's my name. That's kind of the tag. So, you know, I would say that I'm also putting that out in the world and I'm also that thing, right? Like I'm also joy. So yeah it's kind of twofold, but i I think that's the that's that's probably my short answer a lot
1: of the way that we came to know about you and your work, body positivity, intersectionality, a lot of the just greater zeitgeist in the last couple of years here has been around things like diversity and inclusion we are still not great at it, as you're talking about some restrictions of you know, access to things. What are you seeing still from your perspective? This is a large area of interest for you. What are you seeing that therapists are potentially doing wrong so that way our audience doesn't have to make the same mistakes?
2: I mean, you know, what's really interesting is that I don't think that it's therapists specifically. I think that this happens across the board as it relates to to people, you know, identities that are stigmatized. We don't live in vacuums. So we all kind of get the same type of information about those things. We tend to internalize those things and we put it back out in the world. Some of it knowingly and some of it not so much. And so, you know, I would say that, you know, therapists are probably in that number of individuals. And so- Mm -hmm. When you see someone who lives in a larger body, you probably may look at that and say, oh, there's a problem there right? Like there's something wrong, maybe with the way that this person has lived or it's trauma or the way that they are processing, you know, difficulties in their life. Maybe their fatness is a way for them to cope. Maybe it's a way of protection. We all, you know, we typically don't think that like, oh no, this is just the normal way that they live and they're okay with their bodies. And so I think that that's probably a thing. You are not well-versed in a particular culture or group of individuals. Um, You make assumptions about those groups. You learn from what Whatever you can get your hands on, and if you're not doing heavy digging, then you probably think a lot of stereotypical things about people. Whether that's black people, whether that's people who live with disabilities, whether that's women or men. And so, you know, I think that therapists, in in that context, they probably are are following up just like everybody else in the world who hasn't taken um, a more intersectional approach to the way that they live their lives.
0: When you say an intersectional approach. What does that look
2: like for you when, you, when
0: you're when you talking about an intersectional approach?
2: Yeah, I think for me, what it means is like looking at life and using a perspective of people who live with different identities than you do. Intersectionality, you know, when we talk about identities, it's not just about how identities connect or intersect with each other, but it's also about the ways by which oppression is multiplied uh, because somebody holds particular identities. And so understanding that right i don't have a disability i don't know what it's like to live with a disability but i could learn from people who have disabilities right i can i can sit down if they'd be so kind and learn some things i could i could befriend them in honesty and in genuineness and really spend some time with them and learn about their lives and, and learn about their struggles and i guarantee you without a shadow of a doubt if i sit around them long enough, if I be willing to listen and learn, it's going to change how I see the world around me, right? I'm not going to book a place where I want to, you know, want to meet my friend for lunch. And, you know, it's not wheelchair accessible if they have, you know, if they have an issue with that, right? I'm going to be mindful of, of a friend if, you know, if they are neurodivergent, I'm going to you know, I'm going to make sure that I'm helping and accommodating them along the way. And so whenever I talk about looking at life from an intersectional approach, it's it's taking those identities and kind of making them center and and what it is that I do and how I move to make sure that I'm making room and not leaving people out.
1: I want to bring up something that happened at our therapy reimagined twenty twenty conference that You handled so wonderfully as it pertains to this particular thing. Because if there is something that you pointed out in one of the discussions, it was ways that even going about learning this can be done really incorrectly. And, you know, we saw what happened and admired your handling of it and your professionalism. But for those who weren't at the conference, there was a question as far as for those who, don't have the lived experience, don't have those close relationships haven't had the opportunity to kind of sit and have that space about putting the work onto in, in the conference context other professionals, but you know really going and just kind of putting some of that emotional labor onto people from whatever diverse communities of, of the particular interest here. How should, therapists, how should people go about this without, you know, necessarily taking advantage of that, without putting that undue emotional burden onto people from these variety of communities?
2: So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think the most cost effective way to do that is to build genuine relationships, yep. you know, is to actually <laughs> spend time with people. Who may not be part of your, you know, your core group, but you're doing it not because you want something from them, but because you generally like them and you want to spend time with them. It costs you nothing, right? It's like free, you know, and people who trust you, let them, they'll let you into their world. You will see things that maybe other people won't have access to see. They'll trust you with information. They'll share things with you, not because you're trying to get something out of them, but because they, they honor the friendship. They honor the relationship. And so I think that that is the most cost-effective way. But I think that also takes, it takes a commitment and a dedication from people to turn their hearts towards other individuals and to connect with them without expecting anything back in return. So one of the biggest drawbacks that I think that I see in this space, in general, when we talk about diversity and inclusion, is that most people don't want to build those relationships. They're not interested in building those relationships. What they really want is to get the steps so that they don't look like the bad person in the room, right? They don't want to be called the racist. They don't want to be called the sexist. They don't want to be called the ableist. So what can I do to make sure that those things do not happen to me? That I'm not the one that has to carry that burden, and I say if that is the type of relationship that you are looking for, then you should find people who do this work for a living, people who are well versed in in the profession, and tap into them. They will charge you a fee, but it's it's resources, right? You're exchanging your resource in hopes of having access to theirs, and then you know you can read up. Google is free. I think that's 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 more of a rough terrain. I'm noticing, yeah. you know, uh, for people, because you don't know w- what type of information to accept or not. And so it's almost like I just purchased a house not too long ago. You know, I've been spending it. Well, in the beginning, the first couple of weeks, I was like on YouTube all the time. <laughs> how do you paint cabinets? Right. Yeah. How do you, you know, <laughs> how do you, how do you level floors? Right. How do you fix foundation issues? Like all of those things. Right. And so, you know, there's a do it yourself video for all of that. And there were some videos that I watched and I was like, yeah, there's no way, like whatever, like you say it's do it yourself, but I've never seen this tool a day in my life. So obviously it's not, you know, I'd be better off paying somebody to do it. And so I quickly recognized that there are some things that are just simply out of my league. I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to hurt myself. Right. I'm not doing that. And then there are other things that were like smaller jobs that I said, Oh yeah, I can kind of take that and I can grab it. I could do something with that. Did it come out exactly like the people said it would? No, but it's not horrible either. Right. And so I, I look at education, you know, via Google and, and self-teaching in some ways that way, you know, you could do it yourself, but there are going to be some hiccups and some skips and you're probably going to mess up and not get it exactly right. Or you could pay a professional and they can give you a guarantee. And if something that goes wrong, you can always call them back and ask them to tweak and fix it. But I think that those are two two lanes that that people can utilize to get it right.
1: I'm so relieved to hear you go beyond and not even come close to like go and do your own research because there's a lot of bad research out of the internet that can just go and totally just validate whatever inaccuracies that people are coming into this with.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, not even to mention the number of people who are regurgitating information that they heard who have not put to practice any of those things. Um, So you never really know exactly who you're hearing from. And there's no guarantee that people have to give you accurate information uh, as you're searching on your own. And so sometimes it's just best to be like, yeah, this is out of my league. Let me get somebody who is vetted to kind of speak about a thing.
0: And I think that's really important to honor when someone's a vetted resource, when this is the work that they do. And I'm thinking about colleagues that are have marginalized identities who are also being called upon to do this work when it's not the center of their work. And I think, to me, it's it's a burden that's been placed on these individuals as well. What advice do you have for folks who are being asked to step into this role where it's solely just to kind of suck from the lived experience versus because they're an expert in doing this
2: work? Learn how to smile at people and tell them no, (laughs) right? Like that's not my wheelhouse. That's not what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to allow myself to become a spokesperson for your educational purposes. And I think people like that, I mean, some of that may be well-intended But yeah, no, people like that on some level, I'd be like, go look it up. Mm -hmm. Because you're not interested in really learning, right? Like you're trying to tap the easiest thing that you can. It's like the path of least resistance. And so you're pulling on whatever you can to get education. But I guarantee you somewhere along the line, the motives of you getting that education probably isn't as straight as they seem on the up and up. And so, yeah, that I mean, I think there's a lot of that. And I think that there's been a lot of that. And every time there's like an uprising or something that happens in society, you know, you always get people who reach out. Well, I was just wondering, I was hoping if I could pick your brain, can I ask you a question? I can't speak for all Black people. I can't mm-hmm. speak for all fat people. So don't ask me big questions like that and expect me to, to still be cordial and, and, and indulge you for hours. Right. Instead, I just rather say no. But you have you read this book? No. But have you seen this YouTube video? And then kind of let them, you know, do their search elsewhere.
1: Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate upfront. From the client's perspective, Thryser links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thryser manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf.
0: They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thryser.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions.
1: Bringing this back to a lot of the work that you do, and you're providing a really good segue here. Of, a lot of your work is around intersectionality of being Black and fat and fabulous. Uh,
2: can leave that part out. No, I mean, this is a big part,
1: a big part of your brand. <laughs> what do you see as the intersectionality of these areas?
2: Oh, well, I think that, you know, when we talk about what it means to be fat and be Black, and in my case, also to be a woman, cisgender, we're talking about a totally different narrative that's written about a person and that person's humanity. And I think that you can't get around that without looking at intersectionality, without looking at the oppression that is multiplied on someone's identity. So the moment that I am a Black woman, things change for me. Right. Like I don't get to come to work and be like, I'm tired of this, regardless of whether people do their jobs or not. As a black woman, I don't get to come into an office and say, I'm tired of this. People need to do what they are supposed to do without being labeled the angry black woman, without people in the office feeling frightened for their lives. Right. Because I raised my voice. You know, if you add fatness to that, I don't get to come to the office and, and be angry and, and be a black woman and be fat because I'm supposed to be the mammy. I'm the one that's supposed to shelter everyone. I'm supposed to care for everyone, even if that's at the cost of, of my own health. Right. I'm the one that my that is what my bosom is for. People come, they lay their head on my shoulder, they get to cry on me, they get to offload on me. And those things are not happening to people who don't have. All of those identities. Right. So we're not seeing that happen to white women as much. We're not seeing that happen to other women of color. You know, white women can can flip tables like Jesus did in the temple. They're not going to be labeled, you know, angry and, and, and all of those things. And so I think that. You know, when we start to talk about the intersections of identities, we know that there's another narrative that is written about people based on those identities that they hold. If I go to the doctor's office, all of a sudden the doctor knows that I eat fried chicken and macaroni and cheese. Well, how does the doctor know that? Right. Because that's what mm-hmm. black people eat. Mm-hmm. Right. So why should we even, you know, why should we even be questioning that? There's an assumption that I'm not working out. There's an assumption that I'm, you know, I'm not being active. I'm not taking care of myself. Uh, If I tell the doctor I can't do this or I can't fill a prescription, the doctor writes on my chart that I'm non-compliant. Right. Which sends a signal to all other doctors that I am difficult to deal with and that happens as a fat person, right? Or that happens as a poor person. When the truth of the matter is maybe i just can't afford the prescription. And so when we start to think about the ways that, you know, intersectionality shows up based on people's identities and the things that they experience in life, what we notice is that there are different narratives written about different identities and when you couple those identities together, a whole new story blooms. And it makes our you know, it makes our lived experiences vastly different. That's why we can, you know, I can be black, fat, and a woman, and, and there be, you know, someone who's white, fat, and a woman, and we have two totally different lived experiences, right? There are some things that our, our lived experiences merge on, but then there are other things that are vastly different, and they will never experience what I experience, and that's why we have the issue when we start talking about like all lives matter or we're all fat right we're not looking at the nuances that happen in our experiences based on our identities
0: with the stories that are told it seems like there's also there's a calling back i mean you used the the word mammy i think there's there's also i think even in in the the topic that we have for your talk that you gave to us for 2021 is around Unpacking fat phobia, the source of imp- oppression, and and to me it feels like there's kind of the mythology or the the, the caricature stories that are there, and then there's also just the science behind, and, and maybe that's the wrong phrase, but kind of where these stereotypes came from, where the the assessments about around fatness and and whether it's healthy or unhealthy. I mean, it seems like there's so much racism baked into that to then also add the additional marginalized identities it seems like there's just a lot there and so i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say about that but i just to me it's just it's it's something that i had not heard about until recent years because it's so baked into society that that these things are unhealthy or wrong or whatever
2: it's like man i never thought about that or i never knew that those things existed but then it also kind of like, you know, it's, it's almost like the, the tapping on the shoulder. It's like, yeah, but this is the United States. So, yeah, everything else is kind of built on a legacy of like racism and stuff. And, and like, why wouldn't you think that that is something that would be prevalent or why? You know, I think anything that's heavily stigmatized in this country in particular, like racism is never too far behind it, even if that's something that's lost nowadays. Um, you know, it's, it's right there, right beside it, right? Like the, the root of a lot of the issues, particularly that impact marginalized populations, racism, ableism, all of that stuff is, is sitting right there, brewing right beside, you know, the notion or the understanding of how these people live their lives.
1: A lot of the conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion in the last year, I don't know, from a lot of the workshops and conversations that I've attended, it's drawn a lot of attention to things. But there hasn't really felt like a lot of actionable steps as far as what to do with this information. What are some actionable steps that we can do with this information?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think you know actionable steps are are tricky, and I think part of the reason why they're tricky because it kind of goes back to some of the things that I talked about before. If you just get information, education, but you never learn how to practice, you probably don't know how to implement it. So then, what winds up happening is you're you're just, you know, you're you're a walking encyclopedia with with no ways or no, you know, no knowledge or intelligence of how to actually implement it. What I like to tell people oftentimes is that you got to find your lane. You got to know what speaks to you inwardly as an individual and then move accordingly. For some people, that's going to be, you know, hey, I don't know who this is, but whatever. Like I have, you know, a couple billion dollars sitting in the bank. My best form of action is going to be to give that money away. And that's going to be fine because that is what they're good at. That's their lane, right? Right. Somebody else is going to be like, I need to be up front and center. I need to be, you know, I need to be in the streets. I need to be passing out information, so on and so forth. One of the things that I think I often struggled with, particularly in the beginning of my work that I was doing, was like, where did I need to be? Right. Like, Joy, you're a researcher, you're an educator, you write articles, you write books, you do all of that stuff. And that's that's your lane. Stay in it, buddy. Right. Like, yeah, it makes no sense for you to be outside full of anxiety. Right. Like in fear, you can't even operate in these spaces. Right. But you feel like that's your duty because that's what everybody else is doing. Right. But the way that you're going to function, the way that you're going to be the most efficient is if you find your own lane. But you can't find your own lane without really tying yourself to the work and allowing it to penetrate the, 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 you know, the places in your heart to penetrate those things that you're passionate about. Like we all can do the small things. Right. And so if you're a therapist and you see people who live in larger bodies, like we all can change our furniture, get chairs that fit people, you know, welcome people in, make sure that you have, you know, make sure that your your building or your, your place is accessible. We can all do those things, but what makes you, you Like what makes you function that magic stuff that happens, right? That's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. And it's hard to tell people what's in their heart. I can give you all the information all day long, but it has to go somewhere and it has to premiate. And so if you're just looking for those three steps, you know, again, it kind of goes to the level of relationship. I think there are a lot of places that can show you how to do that. They can tell you how to be accessible. They can tell you, you know, you should make accommodations. You know, the whole pandemic has shown us that, you know, virtual meetings are actually better for a lot of people. You can implement that, right, in your work model. You can do those things. But for you to become a person that is full of empathy and understanding, for you to be that person who knows what to say, when to say it, and move, that's a hard thing. That's something you got to sit with yourself. And and allow what you've learned to kind of massage those places in your mind and your heart, because they'll tell you how to move. And that's what I usually tell people. So I don't know if that necessarily answers your question. Oh, totally. Um, okay.
1: <laughs> and and it goes way beyond. Do more than make fluffy Instagram cloud posts about this stuff. It's actually go out and take some actionable steps about things that makes the world more inclusive. That shows an application of it and isn't just kind of continuing the, the discussion about it, but actually doing something with this information with other people in mind, even if it comes at a cost to yourself.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think that, I mean, you finding yourself in, in a space or you're, you finding yourself in this work, you know, I think those are things that they're the beauty of this is that even though social media and all of those things are really popular, You can fail in the dark. Right. So we don't have to put we don't put our whole lives on social media. We put the highlights. We put what we want people to see. Right. But you working out this rough stuff, these rough patches, you don't have to do that in front of everybody. You could do that at home. Right. It's six thirty here on the East Coast. You could take the rest of the night, you know, get yourself a snack and sit down and unpack your own assumptions about people where it's just you, nobody else is there. No one else is judging you. You can address those things, make a commitment to fix those things and nobody would never know it.
0: I think the modality of doing this on your own to, to, I I love that you're saying stay in your lane, do the things that are in your heart. And, and I just, I want to hear you say it again. Don't do it in public. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to do it
2: on social media. Like that is such a great message. I mean, this is the age that we live in and it's super trendy. People don't always believe me when I tell them that I'm introverted. I think it's because when people see me, I'm always happy and I'm waving and they're like, oh, but you love people. And I'm like, yeah, but you also suck the life out of me. (laughs) Um, So I, (laughs) I actually enjoy being by myself, but being by myself also has enabled me to learn myself. Um, and I get to learn myself without all these other voices around. And I'm not leaning, asking anybody else what they think about me as it relates to me, right? I'm doing that work. I'm unpacking, you know, my own assumptions about myself and how I feel and what I think. And then whenever I come back outside, I'm stronger for it. Nobody can stand out on a corner and yell to me and tell me something that I'm not. And the reason why they can't do that is because I've spent time with myself. I know who I am. I'm plugged unplug, back away, be quiet. Everything doesn't need to be broadcast.
0: Yeah, I think that's so good. I had clients who were saying like, I feel like there's something I'm supposed to put out on social media, but I'm still working this out. And I don't know what to put out. And I feel like I'm being judged for being silent. I mean, there was, there's a lot there where I feel like, the permission to do your own work in whatever way works for you, I think definitely some private moments or moments with a consultant or a, an informed therapist or something where you can really understand yourself, like give yourself permission not to make that statement, not to do that post, whatever it is until you've really worked it out. I think that's that's so helpful because I think there's a lot of missteps that lead to even more pain and and harm.
2: For sure. People will respect your genuineness coming from a member of several marginalized populations. People would rather see you get it right than get it fast. Get it right, not mm-hmm. get it fast, because when you get it fast, you step on me. When you get it fast, you trip over me. When you get it fast, you know, it's like the <laughs> you have a machine gun and you you've never shot before. And the gun's just spraying everywhere. You hitting a little bit of everything. We'd rather you just be a targeted shooter. Don't do that. And being okay with that. I think some of the pressure of being of having to say something as it relates to social media sometimes is because we don't know how to be quiet. So we've been talking about everything for forever, right? And then when things come up that seem very heavy and weighted, we want to say something, but we don't want to say the wrong thing. I, I, me, I go dark, right? These things happen, they squeeze, they press. Joy is nowhere to be found. Why? Because Joy's probably checking on the people that actually mean something to her. I'm checking to make sure everybody else is good. I'm having mm-hmm. conversations that are meaningful. I'm less concerned about people who I probably have never met and I never will meet. Double tapping a status, right? Like mm-hmm. it's 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 almost illogical the way that we see or how we value those things but I, I'm never going to meet these people. <laughs> like I'm not, I've never seen them a day in my life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I say something like, who's your friends? Where's your family? Are they okay? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Cause that's the stuff that's going to matter at the end of the day.
1: Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered.
0: Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free.
1: And I think, you know, with every single day having every single crisis in the world needing every single person to have every single comment about it to know your space to know that well there's a lot of important things for us to be aware of that you don't have to have an opinion on everything and that sometimes taking that very slow approach ends up allowing for not only you to as you put it get it right but also to be able to Connect with people that you can actually impact on this. You know, I'm not able to convince somebody on Twitter halfway across the world that this is my only interaction based on whatever the crisis de jour is. Not really doing anything, and that's you know, so freeing to hear. Of just kind of like be informed, but be curious and actually go and make an impact where you can.
2: Yeah, and it, it takes a whole lot of pressure. If you are attached to social media, twenty-four hours a day. Like I give you eight hours for sleep. So what is that? Sixteen hours? Because a think lot you, of us. I
1: think you overestimate
2: how much oh, people so aren't on sorry. social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: like, I don't know but, that I sleep eight hours. I'm just
2: joking. Well, some of us, yeah. Okay, ah, six. I'll give you six hours. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's eighteen hours, and most people eat like you have a sandwich in your hand and your phones in the other. But even in the last week, right, so if the Israel and Palestine thing happened, we have, you know, police brutality taking place. We have more issues that arise as it relates to sexual assault and all of these things. If you had to have an answer for all of those things all the time, you're exhausted, right, in addition to what you have to do in your daily life. And so it's not to say not to care, but none of us have been wired to handle all those issues, right? Like social media, the thing about social media is that it can expose you to everything, right? Or nothing at all. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes we're not curating and we're not monitoring our social media in a way that we're only being exposed to a little bit of stuff. We're getting a little bit of everything. And so taking that pressure upon yourself to address the little bits of everything, it depletes you as a person. And yeah, you're going to make mistakes because you are like the jack of all trades, but you are the master of none. You don't know everything about every issue that's going on. And like Kurt said, you shouldn't have an opinion about everything. That's the other part, you know, as it the, the wonderful, blessed United States of America, we tend to think <laughs> that we are the smartest, we know the most, we are the strongest. And that bleeds into how we handle our everyday life. Sometimes it's okay just to shut up. It's mm-hmm. okay to shut up. And if somebody says, hey, why didn't you speak on this? You can say, I'm not in a place where I feel comfortable to do so. I'm going to go back here and finish working on me.
0: What I think when you're talking about it, I hear so much of the, this, this continues to be stay in your lane. And there are some people where as. Social media influencers or people that are up front, and this is their job is to to have these opinions on things, that kind of stuff. Maybe that is their lane, but for most of us, it's not. There there are other ways in which we can make a real difference. And if we're constantly worrying about more of the performative elements of it, have I made the right statement? Have I done the right thing publicly? We don't have the time, and and. I'm going to have a question and we may not have time to get into it. So maybe we'll just have to tell people that they have to come to therapy reimagined and watch your whole talk. But, yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that you talk about is building ecosystems that include input from everyone. And so to me, I think that's something where that's, that's one of the things that I feel like is Kurt's and my lane a little bit that we're working on it, but it's one of our lanes. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on what that is and how people can do that. Because I think that's something where, The more places that we have input from everyone, the more inclusivity we have. And this is something that we're doing in small public spaces with the people we care about, and it may have a real impact.
2: Right. So you call it ecosystems. I just call it community. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so building a community with people. I mean, how can we do that? We can do that by staying in our lanes. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Right. So here I am, this educator. Right. And this encourager. And I show up to a community, a space. When I get to that space, I see speakers and I see, you know, and I see organizers. And I see all of those people. And so I'm not looking to be the organizer. I let the organizer do, do what the organizer does. And I let the speaker do what the speaker does. And when it's time to teach, they call me and they say, hey, we need you educator to do what you do. Right. And what we do as a unit is we link arms. And when we link arms to do what we do, we create a whole system. Right. It's almost like but it, I'm dating myself, but it's OK. The Care Bear stare right? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Magic only happened when they all got together. They all held their hands and they said, the care bears there. And then you have the the rainbow and even the grumpy one had space, right? So even the one that wasn't super happy and flamboyant, there was space for that person or the bear. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I was going to say misgender, but that's not right. Um, But the bear, right? So I feel like that's what community is. And that's the power of community. Nobody's trying to change one another. We're just coming together. And I'm saying, I'm grateful and I'm thankful that you're here. And I know that there's value to you. One thing about society, the society we live in, the biggest lie is that there's not room for everyone. But community says that everybody fits and there's a place for everyone. And even if you're that person in the community that happens to be sick, we know that you're sick. But guess what? There's a healer here. So we'll do our best to help get you where you need to be. And when you're ready, there's a place for you to shine. But for now, we'll nurture you. We'll take care of you, right? We'll lift you up. You can learn with us. You can grow with us. And that's everybody, right? And so if I ever need to learn something about organizing as an educator, I know I can go to the organizer and say, hey, teach me a little bit about what you do. Show me how how to do this, right? And when I'm out and I'm living in the world, Right. I'm going to look at certain things and I'm going to remember what the organizer told me and I'm going to remember what the organizer showed me. And it's going to change how I handle my education. And that doesn't make me weaker. It actually makes me stronger as an educator because now I have another facet to do the things that I do. Right. So community doesn't just. It doesn't just bring us together, but it strengthens us in ways. It makes us better. One of the biggest arguments about, you know, women in the workplace and diversifying the workforce is because there is diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. Right. Sorry, Kurt, but all men don't see things a particular type of way. Right. They need. (laughs) <laughs> they need some input, right? And that doesn't, you know, and it's not just limited to men and women. So what happens when you bring Black women on board? What happens when you bring somebody that's disabled? What happens when we bring, you know, queer people, right? You know, people, what happens when we bring other members of the LGBTQI plus community? All of those things. But the way that society is structured is that it teaches us that people who are different than us pose a threat. hmm And as long as we look at one another out of that lens, we always fight against our own strength. So without community, I'm just that educator, but I can't reach as many people as I would had I had my other members. And if I spend all my time telling the organizer that you need to be an educator, then I lose the gift that is the organizer. So we got to learn how to stay in our lanes. We got to learn how to be open to one another. Right. And we got to learn that to understand that where our strength lies and our strength lies in unity and our strength lies in togetherness. And as we build up those communities, right, we create new systems and out of those systems come new structures and new institutions. Right. And it's a place for everyone, because that's really what we want. We want community, you know, in, in a very large way, very big way. The communities that I'm a part of, I want to see that in institutions and higher education. I want to see that in the medical institution. I want to see all of those things. But we don't get there by practicing the same old stuff. And when we realize that it kind of boils down to the ideologies and the things that we've been taught, then we know it's a knowledge issue and we need to change that. We know it's a heart issue and we need to change that. And so for me, that's where I think, you know, that's where I think the foundation of things need to change. We need to change how we think and we need to change how we feel. And if we can change how we think and how we feel, we'll realize that there's more space than we ever dreamt of. And by me connecting with you, it actually makes me stronger. It makes us stronger. For
1: those who can't wait to hear you talk at Therapy Reimagine 2021.
2: What? Where, sure they can. Sure where they can.
1: Where can they get more of all of these facts that you are laying down and find you on the internet and social media?
2: Yeah. So I have a website, which is Dr. Joy Cox, all one word, dot com. I'm on IG as Fresh Out the Cocoon. I also have, uh, I launched a, a community wellness app a couple months ago, and that's Jabby App. So that's J-A-B-B-I-E. APP. That's on Instagram and Facebook as well. But if you go to the website, you'll find all of those things. And so, yeah, I think IG, Facebook. Yeah, that's all of them. Oh, Twitter. I'm on Twitter as Dr. Joy Cox. And you have a book. I do.
0: Tell us about that.
2: Fat Girls and Black Bodies Creating Communities of Their Own. It's kind of this what we kind of just talked about with a few more jokes involved, um, some stories, <laughs> but it really just chronicles the lived experiences of fat black bodies and really talks more about stigma and fat phobia and depth as it relates to, you know, the, the barriers that people face in society and, you know, and what we can do to, 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 to mitigate and eradicate those things.
1: And we'll include links to all of Dr. Joy's stuff in our show notes. You can find those at mtsgpodcast.com. Come over to the conference website, therapyreimaginedconference.com, for all of the latest updates and ways that you can buy tickets to participate with us this year. And until next time, I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Renoy and Dr. Joy Cox. Remember to check out Thrizer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions.
0: Thanks so much to our partner therapy notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget using promo code modern gets you two free months.
1: Thank you for listening to the modern therapist survival guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes.